evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio, the show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are the goat of college football coaching is calling it quits. Into the thick of men's college basketball, checking in the current state of college hoops. A few top 25 battles in men's college hoops, previewing this week's biggest games. Only four teams remain in the NFL playoffs. Who will move on to the Super Bowl? With that, I give you our assistant chief of our fire brigade, Colton Cow. Thanks, Matt. We're here again in my in my basement. Uh, just the two of us here. The the chief thirty uh, second wedding anniversary for uh, my mom, nice mom and dad. So they uh, were celebrating with a with a night on the town. So you know, good good for them. So it uh, just me and Matt holding down the studio for tonight. But we got uh, you know mixed bag mixed bag of topics again. Uh, now with college football over, we're going to talk a little bit of college basketball time. You know we're. March Madness just a, just around the corner, you know, exciting times it is in March. So yeah, one of the best got, times of sports in the year. Right. Yeah. Gotta gotta check in on how how the regular season's going so far. We're about, you know, halfway through. So, you know, gonna gonna check in on the current state of college basketball. But before we before we do that, uh, we got one more kind of big college football, you know, topic to to talk about uh, as the season wrapping up. Um, as you probably have heard if if you haven't then you've probably been living under a rock but uh you know the goat of college football you know coaching or you know one of the greatest of all time as far as college football coaching goes uh you know Nick Saban deciding to uh you know hang it up and 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 call it a career um at the head coaching helm um you know calling it quits after 17 seasons at at Alabama and you know many other stops along the along his coaching you know coaching career uh Matt what's your what's your thoughts on this you know I know there's Countless accolades, countless stats, you know, whatever. What, 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 uh, what stood out to you? What, what do you think about yeah, this? He's definitely going to go down as one of the greatest of all time. 28 seasons as a head coach in college football, a master record of 292, 71 and 1. He uh, first got his head coaching start there in Toledo. He had one, only one season there, though. He went 9 and 2, uh, moved on to Michigan State, where kind of a mixed result for him compared to all of his other stops. He was 34, 24 and 1. Then he moved on to LSU where he won his first national championship with a record of 48 and 16 in his time there. And then the the crux of his career there in Alabama who won six more national championships and amassed a record of 201 and 29. I mean, that, that says it all right there. I mean, yeah. it, all his other stops don't even matter. The, right. All the stats at Alabama are, are goat worthy. He, he's definitely up there as one, one of the greatest of all time. He, he's going to be a hard guy to pass. It is kind of interesting though, how, you know, he, he conquered, kind of conquered in the MAC. He went nine and two, and did did well there at Toledo. He, he conquered the SEC. Kind of struggled in the Big Ten. His yeah. his, his Big Ten teams never finished. Uh, his last year, they finished second, but other than that, they were never better than fifth in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And then you know, even at Alabama, he, he lost to a couple of Big Ten teams in right. fourteen. The Buckeyes right. lost to them. They became the national national champions. And right. this year, to, to right. your Wolverines, right. so right. you know, it's it's, it's kind of crazy. He, he his stats against the Big Ten don't stack up near as well as they do everywhere else. But right, right. Still all time great. Right, absolutely. Um, you know that that you know something that that sticks out to me in those 28 years that he, you know, was a head coach, never had a losing season with any of the teams. Yeah. He he came close. Uh his couple couple seasons at Michigan State, he went 500 uh 1996 and 1998, but you know, never had a losing season in almost 30 years of of head coaching, which is, you know, unbelievable um obviously had his had his stint in the nfl with the dolphins that didn't quite you know pan out i mean it's kind of a wonder that he did end up at alabama i mean it some people were you know uh wondering you know yeah is this guy really for real is he you know a good coach after his you know kind of debacle there in miami um really his first year in miami wasn't bad he finished second in this conference that year and uh i mean had had a winning record second year was kind of down right right kind of surprised he didn't get more time to really see what he could do in the Mm -hmm. nfl yeah absolutely um you know but uh obviously yeah the dominance at alabama uh you know goes without a doubt, you know, one of the most dominant runs at, at a single school uh, for, for a head coach. Um, but, you know, the Saban name somewhat lives on in, in the coaching tree that still now exists in the current, you know, college football. Um, you look at guys that were assistant coaches or, you know, graduate assistants or, you know, whatever under Saban. Um, you got Georgia's Kirby Smart. 
Um, you got Texas's Steve Sarkeesian, uh, Ole Miss's Lane Kiffin, uh, Miami's Mario Cristobal, uh, Georgia Tech's Brent Key, Oregon's Dan Lanning, and Maryland's Mike Loxley. You know, all head coaches now for you know somewhat big time programs right. in college football. Well, and the Buckeyes just picked up Bill O'Brien right, to be the right, offensive coordinator. Right, right. I um, mean, obviously, Bill O'Brien had you know a stint at Penn State for for a while, so it's you know he he definitely. Has an has had an impact on college football and and will continue to have an yeah. impact, you know, even after his retirement with the guys that you know were under him that he's mentored that you know have been a part of of the Alabama program that continue to you know live on and 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 you know try to honor Saban and, and try to run their own programs much the same way that right. Saban has has you know run run his program at, at Alabama, um, you know. But it is interesting. I mean, I don't I don't know that this comes with all that great of a surprise in the sense that, um, you know, the current state that, you know, college football is in with, you know, the transfer portal and the NIL deals and all that stuff. It's, it's a totally different ball game than, than when, you know, Saban's first started at Alabama. Um, And in my opinion, it's become a young man's game, you know, to, to be able to, right. To be able to, to coach and do what, you know, these coaches have to deal with year in and year out. It, it, it's becoming a younger man's game. And, and so I, I don't see coaches lasting as long as we've seen Saban last or, you know, Joe Paterno last or, you know, just because of, of how, you know, how the impact and, you know, with all the transfers and all the NIL stuff. And Saban made mention, you know, several times throughout the, you know, throughout the year that, you know, he was growing frustrated yeah. with how college football had had steered, you know, where it was headed right. and, you know, just didn't feel that this is what he wanted to be a part of. Didn't feel that he had the energy left in him to keep doing yeah. this year in and year out. So yeah, it's got to be exhausting having to continually yeah. re-recruit your mm-hmm. own guys. You think you, you got them there and then right within it, a second, matter, they're, gone. they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. You keep them happy for, you know, one week and the next yeah. week they're you know, if they get any kind of inkling that they're, not get enough playing time. They're not whatever. They're out the door, and they are playing for your rival down the down the street. So it's 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 crazy, you know. Um, but you know, we'll see. Um, you know, with with Saban retiring now, the longest tenured SEC coach is uh, Mark Stoops at Kentucky. So he's been there since 2013. Um, so you know, uh, about a decade, a little over a decade that he's been at, at Kentucky. But you know, a lot of new faces in in the sec probably mostly due to saban running most of the coaches off because right. of his dominance but you know we are kind of seeing a, a little bit of a changing of the guard obviously george's you know run with with kirby smart um you know texas joining the sec right. this upcoming season um they had a you know a fantastic year this past season old miss has been pretty good under under lane kiffin so we'll see yeah who who you know kind of fills that void uh for 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 alabama or you know takes over but uh, we do have a man that is taking over for the Alabama program. Um, former Washington, you know, head coach uh, Kalen DeBoer, uh, the new, you know, new replacement. You know, didn't didn't take very long um, before Alabama, you know, found their found their new guy to to take over for Nick Saban. Matt, what do you, what do you think about this hire? You know, good, bad. What what do you think? I mean, he's definitely got the pedigree. He did just take his team to the national championship. I mean, it didn't fare as well as he would have liked, mm-hmm. but. You know, he still had one, one heck of a season yep. with probably a less than talented mm-hmm. team too. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I mean, the the results he was able to put up with with the talent on that team, yeah, pretty amazing. He might have to do the same at Alabama oh, yeah. though, because there, there's not much of that team right, left. Right, the transfer yeah. portal. You, the quarterback went out the right, door. The right. backup quarterback went out the door. Top safety, top safety yeah. goes out the yeah. door. Yeah. I mean, a lot a lot of guys left, so he, right. he's going to have a lot of work ahead right. of him, but. I think he's a, he's a good guy for the job. Yeah, I mean, I did see that quite a bit. I mean, not, I mean, not quite a bit, but a handful of his guys from Washington that you know obviously were still have eligibility or mm-hmm. didn't declare for the draft. Some of them did decide to transfer from Washington and join him at Alabama. So he was able to scoop up maybe some of the players, um, you know, from from his former team to to come to um, Alabama. So yeah, we'll see how he you know fills out the roster. You know how I mean. At this point, because it's so late in the season, right. it's going to be transfer portal type stuff to you know try to scoop up guys and just kind of try to make some semblance of a, of a team at this at this point. 
may, uh, may become a bunch of guys that just beat them too. Right. Yeah. Michigan's portal is now open right, because right. their quarterback or their coach just just right, left for right. the NFL. So yeah. Ultimately. They now have a thirty day window that wasn't there before, before. those guys. Right. So. Right. So yeah, definitely probably going to hit the recruiting yeah. trail or you know hit the hit the trail to try to you know scoop up as many guys as you can. Um, you know, this late late in the game, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. You know, Washington did try to keep keep the board they made kind of a last ditch effort last you know um they were going to make him one of the the top 10 highest paid coaches in in the fbs um which ultimately you know he would have as a part of the deal it would have doubled his salary which his current salary is 4.2 so he'd have been about eight a little over eight million dollars eight and a half million dollars just on his salary alone that didn't include you know all the extra incentives and bonuses and all that stuff so with that you know, the offer that was on the table, Washington, you know, was going to make him top 10 highest paid coach and ultimately decided that it still wasn't enough and, right. you know, wanted to go to go to Alabama. Um, so as I, a result, I think he knows in the long haul, though, Alabama is going to recruit itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Washington, I think you, you got your work cut I, out for I, you a little more. Washington joining the Big Ten yep. this year as well. So I'm um, going to be, you know, a little bit of a of a struggle, not only, you know, playing games against tougher opponents week in and week out, but also in the recruiting trail and, yeah. you know, uh, transfer portal, all that stuff, it's going to get much tougher because obviously, yeah, that those big time programs that, that have already been established in the big 10 are going to have the leg up on, on Washington, who's just now, you know, joining the big 10. So we'll see, see what happens, but, you know, Alabama did consider some other, you know, top names in the game to try to, you know, to pull them in, you know, they did, reach out to Oregon's Danny Lanning um, ultimately decided that he'd rather stay at Oregon. Uh, they reached out to Florida state's Mike Norvell again, decided to stay at Florida state. Um, and then also reached out to Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. And, you know, all of them decided to, to stay with their respective teams, decline, you know, decline the invite or decline the, uh, the ability to become Alabama's head coach. Um, you know, and a couple of those guys actually, you know, got bigger paydays as a result of, you know, Alabama kind of, prodding or you know poking to, to try to get them and i believe i read all those guys have the same agent mm-hmm. so i think mm-hmm. that he was kind of mm-hmm. ha- having a great playing against each other yeah. and, and you know having a having a heyday there but uh you know yeah you did mention it you know the boar everywhere he's been he's had success um and, and pretty quick success i mean this is a guy that you know started in naia football i mean the lowest of lows yeah. when it comes to college football Hey, now uh, that's where I started my career. Yeah. So <laughs> five seasons, though, at the University of Sioux Falls in, in South Dakota, uh, went 67 and three, won three national championships, 17 and two in the playoffs. So it, it definitely, um, you know, <laughs> didn't take him long. You know, was there for five seasons. Um, then, you know, made some stops at Southern Illinois, Eastern Michigan, Fresno State, and Indiana as the offensive coordinator for mm-hmm. those respective teams. Uh, before getting another head coaching position in the FBS level at Fresno State back in 2020. His first year in the COVID year went three and three. And then the following year, he went nine and three uh, and beat UCLA and San Diego State, who were both nationally ranked teams at the time that, that Fresno State was able to pull off the upset. So what's that do? That lands him, you know, a big time job with with Washington in, in 2021. You know, Washington was coming off a season where they were four and eight. Um, and they bring in DeBoer. He also targets, you know, a transfer, brings in Michael Penix Jr. in his yeah. in his first year. They went eleven and two in his first season. And then we know what happened the next season. Right. They, you know, went undefeated, won the Pac twelve championship, made it all the way to the national championship. You know, unfortunately didn't, you know, again, didn't get the results they were hoping for. But again, just to get there, you know, in in a short two year span right. where they went four and eight and now you're, you know, undefeated playing for a national championship. That's, that's pretty amazing at at not only the players that he was able to get in that short amount of time, but, you know, just his coaching ability in that, in that short window. So he's definitely going to have his hands full, you know, moving from the PAC 12 to now an SEC, it's going to be, you know, an eye opener. We'll see what what kind of team he can put together at this point, and and you well, know, and that team's put it on everybody for so long. Right, he's he's getting everybody. Oh yeah, he's they getting... all have their receipts. They're ready <laughs> right, to take out right, on him, even right. though he had nothing to do with it. Right, absolutely. So it'll be uh, mighty interesting to see. Yeah, what what happens um, at, at Alabama? Obviously, the dominance that they've had the last you know almost 20, 20 years in in college football. Uh, do we see them take a take a step back? I mean, one would 
make a safe bet and say that, yeah, they're going to take a step back. But, you know, in, in today's world, who knows? I mean, it, 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 you know, with the way that things change all the time, um, it, it could be, uh, yeah, a, a miracle season for this Alabama team. And obviously with the expanded playoff of 12 teams now, I mean, you can take a couple of losses now and still make your way probably into, you know, into the playoffs. So it's not like the expectations are as high as maybe what they were under Saban, where it was like, you don't go undefeated. You're probably not playing for the national championship right. or you're not probably playing for, you know, playing, you know, even making your way into the college football playoffs. So the pressure is a little bit less in that sense that, yeah, you can take a couple lumps here and there, but you know, I, I with, with the SEC and, you know, as many good teams as they, as they have, it, it's going to be a very uphill right. battle, you know, in his, in his first year at, at the helm, but we, we shall see what, uh, what happens, but uh, yeah. So um, well, then moving over from from college football to, to college basketball, you know, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we're, you know, a little over about halfway, a little over halfway through through the season. Um, we really haven't talked much, much college basketball just with, you know, so many other things getting in the way. So we thought, you know, what a better time to talk about it now. So uh, we're going to, you know, quickly run through kind of the, the top 25, just check in on, you know, the top 25 as it stands, you know, today or, you know, this week. Uh, just kind of give our thoughts of that. And then we got five games that we're going to going to talk about, you know, um, later on. So uh, quickly, uh, top 25, you got the Yukon Huskies, number one, uh, Purdue, two, North Carolina, three, uh, Houston, four, uh, Tennessee at five, Kentucky at six, Kansas at seven, Auburn, eight, Arizona, nine. Uh, number 10, Illinois, uh, 11, Oklahoma, number 12, the Duke Blue Devils, 13, Wisconsin, 14, you got the Marquette Golden Eagles, 15, Baylor Bears, 16, the Dayton Flyers, uh, 17, Creighton Blue Jays, uh, 18, Utah State, 19, Memphis Tigers, number 20 is Texas Tech, 21, BYU, 22, Florida Atlantic, 23, Iowa State, 24 Colorado State and number 25 New Mexico. Um, any any thoughts from that top 25 that stick out to you, Matt? When you go through that list? Yeah, just uh, some things in general. Not really any specific teams, but just the fact that these teams are really kind of all bunched up. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, you go from UConn with the the best record there at 17 and two, but mm. the worst one of the worst in the top 25 has only got four losses. Right. Right. So I mean, a couple yeah. games yeah. difference between all mm -hmm. of those. Mm -hmm. So I mean, it's really kind of a balanced league this year. Yeah. Usually at this point in the year, there's still somebody undefeated oh, yeah, yeah. you know hoping for that i'm yeah. gonna have the perfect season type mm -hmm. thing but yeah. that that's already gone right. off the board yeah and then the balance within conferences i mm -hmm. mean other than um looks like let's see here the, the, big, the 12. big 12 has seven teams in yeah. that top 25 yeah. then you got the big east with three big 10 with three yep. uh the sec has three the mountain west has three right acc has two yep. uh Let's see, Pac-12 has one, yep. A-10 has one, yep. and the American Athletic Conference has two. So, yep. I mean, really, you know, people from all over the country mm -hmm. are making up this top 25. Yep. It's, yep. I think it's going to make for an exciting tournament this yep. year, having that much balance throughout mm -hmm. the league and in this top 25. Yeah, no, it, it's interesting. Yeah, you mentioned it. Yeah, no top 25 team has an undefeated record. I mean, there, there's not even a team that has one loss that's in the top right. 25. They have at least two losses in the top 25. Um you know, yeah, it, it's it's crazy to see. I mean, the uh, you know Big Twelve with those seven teams in the in the top twenty five. Um, you know, it's crazy to me because you know the ACC has been the dominant basketball conference as of you know between them and the Big Ten. Um, you know, have been somewhat the dominant basketball conferences you know, over the last you know several years. I mean, the ACC has two two ranked teams, the right. two blue bloods that we expect to be there in North Carolina and and, and Duke. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's crazy to see how much the ACC has gone down in just a short amount of time. I mean, this was only a handful of years ago that the ACC had three teams in the final four, and now we got only two teams ranked in the, in the top right. 25, um, you know, but it, it, it is interesting because, you know, the big 12, maybe from a football standpoint, maybe not, not the most dominant conference or, you know, the team obviously now with Oklahoma and Texas leaving, it, it seems like it's getting even, you know, smaller. Mm -hmm. uh, but when it comes to basketball, I mean, look, I got, you know, seven teams right. here in the top 25 and, you know, a good chance to, you know, crown a national champion, you know, come, come March with that many teams that are playing well. Uh, but it, so it is interesting just to see how, you know, things shift uh, with all this conference realignment, because obviously, 
the same teams that are in the Big 12 in football are in the same, you know, same teams that are playing in college basketball. Right. So it is interesting to see with all that conference realignment that, yeah, the Big 12 may, may, may not be as dominant in football, but, you know, when it comes to basketball, they, they definitely are, uh, you know, putting out a lot of a lot of great teams, a lot of good teams with that with that kind of conference re, realignment. But, you know, one other thing that, you know, sticks out to me and, you know, you probably didn't hear their name called. The Gonzaga Bulldogs, yeah. not in the top 25, uh, looking pretty scary that they may not, you know, because of the conference that they do play in and there aren't many ranked teams right. or any ranked teams in that conference, uh, you know, the wins are going to become, you know, come hard. You know, they, they may have to win their conference tournament to get right. in the get in the big dance at this point because their wins aren't going to mean much. Right, right. They don't have a ton of great wins against, you know, some of these other non-conference opponents and their record is not not good and they're not you know they're not as been as dominant as we've seen here right. in the years past and I don't know what the what the streak is but I know it's a historical streak of them making the NCAA tournament I know it's it's probably at least 20 or 25 straight years oh, wow. that's in danger obviously of, of being broken um you know so we'll see what the second half plays out for this Gonzaga you know team but you know at this point they they may have to basically win their conference tournament right. to, to even have have a chance um just because of, of the resume that they that they have so that's one you know another thing that that kind of stuck out stuck out to me outside of you know the conferences and how many teams from each conference made it in but you know yeah Gonzaga not you know not in the mix not even in the top 25 which is you know hard to hard to believe with as much you know dominance that they have had the mm-hmm. last you know uh 20 25 years in in NCAA so uh, all right. Well, sticking with college basketball, then um, we are going to uh, preview a couple of games here. Um, but uh, quickly, before we preview games, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. We got five college basketball games on the slate. Going to preview those five games, uh, give you our thoughts and predict our winners. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, and we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Like I mentioned before the break, going to talk more college basketball here. Going to preview five games that are happening this weekend on Saturday. Um, some kind of early games on the on the slate, you know, trying to pick five of the best matchups and um you know we'll we'll get things started off with a uh noon game eastern time over on ESPN a Big 12 matchup between Kansas State and number 4 Houston uh Houston comes in at 17 and 2 4 and 2 in the Big 12 Kansas State 14 and 5 but also 4 and 2 in the in the Big 12 uh going to be played in in Houston Texas uh, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on this game? Who do you like? What what's some, some things to look out for? I'll tell you. Usually, I I pull stats for these and, and kind of compare stats yeah. on what these teams are doing. But yeah, and almost all five of these matchups you pick, these teams statistically yeah. are like very close. Yeah, just splitting hairs mm-hmm. on looking at that. So mm-hmm. this was a, a tough week for me. Yeah. But uh, looking at this game, some things that really stood out to me: both teams are averaging about seventy four points per game. They're both shooting about forty four percent from the field. Mm-hmm. Houston, though, is slightly better shooting the three point ball, about four percent better than uh, Kansas State. Big thing that sticks out though is turnovers. They mm-hmm. turn over the ball six less times per oh, game, yeah. Yeah. and in a game where it could come down to one or two possessions, that's yeah. huge. Yeah. So I, I think that gives a slight edge here to Houston. I'm taking Houston in this one. Yeah, yeah, I I, I got to agree with you. I like the Cougars to get it done at home. Um, you know, one thing that that a couple of things that stick out from a Houston perspective, um, they're only allowing in Big Twelve play uh, 57 points a game, which is you know. Most teams are averaging around, you know, 70 to 80 or, you know, in the, in, you know, in, in the NCAA. So, you know, 20 to 30, you know, 20, 25 points less than their average. I mean, that's, that's pretty phenomenal for, you know, for college basketball. Um, So that, that sticks out to me. I think this is a very sound defensive team from Houston. Um, You know, those turnovers for Kansas state averaging almost 15 turnovers a game, you know, that, that, 
that doesn't spell well for a team that doesn't really score the ball very, very well in Kansas State. Um, you know, one thing that I think will keep Kansas State, I think this will be a close battle, but I ultimately like Houston. Um, Kansas State shoots very well from the free throw line. And Houston, even though they do play defense really well, they do foul quite a bit. They're averaging almost 20 fouls in Big 12 play so far, which is almost tops in the Big 12. So I think they will keep Kansas State in it by putting them at the free throw line. Kansas State get some, you know, some easy points at the at the free throw line. But ultimately, like you said, I think those turnovers will come back, you know, w- with a team that, uh, you know, only gives up about 57 points. Right. They're doing something right on the, you know, even if they are fouling quite a bit, they're still doing quite a bit right on the defensive side of the ball. I just think too many turnovers for Kansas State. I like the Houston Cougars to to get it done. Um, then uh, about an hour, about an hour later, one p.m. Eastern time over on Fox Sports One, uh, we got the Seton Hall Pirates taking on the number fourteen ranked Marquette Golden Eagles. Uh, Seton Hall comes into it thirteen and seven, six and three in the Big East. Uh, Marquette fourteen and five, five and three in the big in the Big East. Um, these two teams did face off about two two to three weeks ago. Seton Hall pulled off the upset 78-75 in that one. Uh, this game, obviously that that game was at Seton Hall. This game's going to be at you know at Marquette. Uh, you know both teams come into this one three and two in their last five games. You know Matt, what you what you think about this matchup? Yeah, well this one again is an, another one where you're just splitting hair statistically. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of took this one in the uh, recent common opponents uh, section. Okay, and uh, both these teams recently have played Butler and St. John, mm-hmm. and Seton Hall beat both of those teams handedly. Mm-hmm. The games weren't even close. Where yeah. Marquette split both of those games, okay. so okay. They, they lost one of those two. Yeah, I, I I like like you said, Seton Hall did knock off Marquette once okay. this year. I think they kind of have the formula here. All right, I think Seton Hall's got a, a good shot here to make another upset. All right, all right. Well, I got to uh, got to disagree with you on this one. I'm I'm going to take the Golden Eagles to get some revenge against the against the Pirates. Um, you know, and here's here's why. We talk about turnovers. Well, Seton Hall, just like Kansas State, they're averaging in Big East play almost 13 turnovers a game. On the road, that's going to be tough, you know. And, you know, I would say, you know, Seton Hall's got the advantage when it comes to the three-point, you know, three-point shot, because they do. They shoot almost 37% from the three-point line, but they somewhat live and die by that three-point right. line. And going on, it, it's always great to play at home and shoot the yeah. three. You know, it just always seems like, you know, you make more threes, you have, you know, you're more comfortable at home behind the three-point line. Going on the road, you know, hostile environment in Marquette, shooting the three-point, I just think they're going to struggle at the three-point line. One key to this game, though, Marquette's almost the polar opposite. They want to they wanna score on the inside. They're shooting almost 56% from – inside the three-point line they don't they don't shoot it very well from the outside so it's going to be kind of a chess match I think in this in this game I expect it to be a close one just like the first one was but ultimately I think Marquette they lead the Big Ten or the Big East in steals per game I think they'll turn over Seton Hall a couple possessions here and there I don't know that Seton Hall is going to be able to knock down the three-point shot at the rate that they have been Uh, I like Marquette to win it in a a close game Well, then moving back to the to the Big Twelve, uh, we got a top twenty five matchup taking off at at one thirty p.m. Eastern time over on CBS. Uh, number seven Kansas at sixteen and three, four and two in the Big Twelve, going on the road to number twenty three Iowa State at fifteen and four, also four and two in the Big in the Big Twelve. Um, Iowa State four and one in their last five games. Kansas three and two in their last five games. Uh, Matt, any thoughts on on this uh, on this matchup? Yeah, again, this is another uh, splitting hairs on stats, but Kansas is slightly better in almost every statistical category. Um, and so I, another one I went with a, a recent common opponent. Both of these teams have played uh, Oklahoma State here within yeah. their last you know ten games or so. Yeah, and Kansas won their game ninety to sixty six. Oh wow! Iowa State only put up sixty six points. Same margin of victory mm-hmm. though, because they won sixty six to forty two. So oh, wow. both both teams won by twenty six points. Okay. But, okay. Uh, or twenty four points. But, yeah. You know, I mean, still, I, I, I like I like the way Kansas is playing. They're, yeah. they're scoring more points, and mm-hmm. if it turns into a shootout, I like that team that, that's scoring better. Mm-hmm. So I'm going with Kansas in this one. Yeah, I got to agree with you. For me, this Kansas team in the Big 12 is averaging almost 80 points a game. Uh, on the flip side, you got Iowa State that's averaging about 68 points a game. There's a pretty wide margin, you know, uh, when it comes to conference play. 
I just don't know where the points are going to come from for Iowa State. In order for this Iowa State to pull off this upset, it's going to have to be a 60-60 battle. Right. Uh, that the only way Iowa State's in this game, if it gets into a high scoring affair, you know, eighty points, ninety, yeah, Iowa State, they're, they're done uh, because they only shoot it. They only make twenty six percent of their three point attempts. Mm -hmm. All of their points come in the paint, come from the two point, you know, two point range. The, the, the problem is, is that Kansas has size. I, I just think it's going to be tough for Iowa State to get into the lane, get in, get in there, get some, you know, two point baskets. I like Kansas to to, to win this game, uh, go on the road. I, I think they win big on the on the road against Iowa State. <clears throat> All right, uh, another Big Twelve Big Twelve matchup, another top twenty five battle. Um, number twenty Texas Tech, fifteen and three, currently first place in the Big Twelve at four and one. Uh, taking on the number eleven ranked Oklahoma Sooners, uh, fifteen and four, three and three in the Big Twelve. Uh, Two p.m. Eastern time game over on ESPN Plus. Um, Texas Tech, you know. Both these teams come in different, riding different streaks here. Uh, Texas Tech four and one in their last five, Oklahoma two and three in their last five games. So, you know, no better way to get get it started or get back on the right foot for Oklahoma than to get the play back at home. Um, Matt, well, who do you like? Who do you like in this matchup, Oklahoma or Texas Tech? Yeah, I'm, I'm beginning to sound like a broken record here again. <laughs> but like I said, the, the stats in this one yeah. again are splitting hairs. These two teams are almost identical across the board on stats. But, you know, to me, I think it's going to come down to some some of the ball control stuff. Yeah. And, and Texas Tech is, is a little more secure with the basketball. They're averaging two less turnovers per game than mm -hmm. Oklahoma is. I think those extra couple of possessions and the fact that, like you said, Texas Tech is a little hot right now compared yeah. to the way Oklahoma's playing, like Texas Tech's chance for the upset. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Um, you know, yeah, I just I, – I like Texas Tech as well to pull off the upset here. Um, you know, I, I just think they play – a better all-around game. I mean, if you look at the stats for Oklahoma, they don't really excel or do many things well. They're kind of just middle of the road on on most you know most of the stats. Um, you know, they don't turn teams over. Um, you know, they only force about nine turnovers a game, which is the least amount in in the Big Twelve. Um, and I, I think it's a Texas Tech team, man. They shooting, they're shooting red hot from from the three point line, shooting forty percent as a team from the three point line. It is going to be tough, obviously, going on the road, you know, uh, to, to Oklahoma and, and still put up, you know, forty percent, making forty percent of your three pointers. But um, this this is a team that doesn't foul a lot. Um, they they uh, you know only average about twelve fouls a, a game, so they don't foul. They you know play pretty sound basketball. Um, yeah, Oklahoma kind of streaking coming into this one. I, I like Texas Tech to go into go into Norman and, and pull off the upset and you know continue their their hot streak and their dominance right now in the in the Big Twelve. So, all right, last uh, game on the on the slate, an ACC battle between uh, Clemson at thirteen and five, currently three and four in the ACC, going on the road to number twelve Duke, fourteen and four, five and two in the ACC. Four o'clock p.m. Eastern time over on ESPN at the historic Cameron Indoor Stadium in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, Clemson 2-3 and three in their last five games. Duke 4-1 and one in their last five. Uh, Matt, who do, you, who do you like in this matchup? Yeah, this one of the bunch I think was probably the easiest one for me to, okay. to, to call here. I, I went with Duke. They're, they're scoring more. They're turning the ball over less. Yeah. They're shooting slightly better from the field. Yeah. All things lead, lead yeah. in their favor to the, the big categories there. I'm yeah. going Duke. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, Clemson does have the, you know, in the, the recent years, Duke has had some size advantage, or they've had some some solid big men. It's it's kind of a changing of the guard, um, you know. No no pun intended, but uh, Duke is more guard heavy. It seems like this year than they have been in years past, um, which I think probably reflects in some of the stats here that they're shooting almost forty percent from the three point line. You know, second best in the ACC. Uh, but when it comes to the two point percentage, they're towards the towards the bottom as far as you know two point percentage and. Um, you know, I think I think a big thing is going to be, yeah, how does Duke handle some of the size that Clemson has? Are they able to to match up with with some of those big men? But you know, on the on the flip side, you know, with Clemson having you know some bigger guys, how do they match up with the guards right. that that Duke has? And, and you know, can they, yeah, can they the keep up and you know whatnot? So um, you know, will be will be interesting because something that Clemson does excel well at is is the offensive rebounds. They they're second in the ACC with about ten offensive rebounds uh, uh, per game. So they don't 
They don't turn the ball over a lot either, but one thing that, that does stick out that may spell doom, Clemson's allowing their opponents to shoot 40% from the three-point line, and it, that's dead last in the ACC, yeah. uh, which is not good for a Duke team that shoots nearly 40% right. as a team from the three-point line at home. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a, a tough matchup for, for Clemson. Uh, they're they're kind of reeling. This would be a great win for them to get back on track against Absolutely. you know a Duke team on the on the road. Uh, but I just don't don't see it happening. You know that that three point line percentage just yeah really sticks out to me. Duke at home shooting it a lot better obviously at home than they are on the road when it comes to three point you know three point percentage. I like I like the Duke Blue Devils to win it um, and and put this game away early and and coast to a to a win. Mm-hmm. So. All right, well, wrapping up college college basketball, moving over to probably the most talked about topic or current topic right now, that's the the uh, NFL playoffs. So we're going to recap the, the divisional round games from last week and then uh, preview, you know, the conference championship games that take place this this weekend. So we'll start uh, start over in the in the AFC. Uh, we'll start with the, uh, you know, the number one seeded Baltimore Ravens that took on the four seeded. Uh, Houston Texans, uh, Ravens moved on, got the win in dominant fashion, 34-34 to 10. Uh, Matt, what's your what were your thoughts on this game? You know, any anything that stuck out to you? Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like dominant fashion right. by the end of this thing. But I mean, at halftime, it was a 10-10 yep. game. Houston, yep. Houston was hanging in. Yep. I, th- I think their young roster just it, it finally got to be mm. too much mm. for them. I think you know spells great great things for years to come for Houston, yep. but. I think the stage finally got a little too big right. and, and just, you know, it wasn't their time, but this Baltimore team is playing lights out right mm-hmm. now too. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just great on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Yeah. They're going to be tough to beat the rest of the way. Obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, like you mentioned, second half, you know, 10, 10 at halftime. And then the Ravens don't give up a single point. I mean, yeah. didn't give up a single touchdown offensive touchdown, the, the entire, yeah. you know, the entire game. Uh, you know, Houston getting their only touchdown on a punt return, special teams touchdown. Uh, but yeah, the, the dominant performance in the second half by, you know, by that defense, not giving up a single point. Uh, the offense, you know, got got their got rolling in the in the second half. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson was, you know, phenomenal in this in this game. Um, you know, only threw for 150 passing yards, but had 100 rushing yards to it. Um, you know, it, it was kind of crazy, you know, how Houston played Lamar Jackson. Um, they blitzed him 75%, 75% blitz rate against, you know. Yeah, usually a mobile quarterback like that, you don't want to blitz. Yeah, you don't, you're not, you know, not going to have been. I'm not going to say that it, that, you know, he was able to get outside the pocket, you know, as a result, but the, the blitz rate didn't, it didn't help. I yeah. mean, it wasn't, it didn't work. Um, against the blitz, Jackson was 13 of 18, mm-hmm. threw for 120 yards and two touchdowns against <laughs> the blitz. Um, I think also hats off to the Ravens, you know, whether it was Lamar Jackson, the offensive coordinator, you know, the whole team, whatever. In the first half, Lamar got the ball off about about in about three and a half seconds, which is he got sacked many times in the first half. Second half, got it out in about 2.25 seconds. Wow. So almost a full, literally over a full second difference in the second half. And uh, to me, that that seems to be the difference. You know, got the ball out of his hands quickly, mm-hmm. able to carve up that defense when Houston's bringing extra defenders. You know, kind of leaves their their cornerbacks on islands, if you will. Um, you know, so yeah, Texas or Baltimore handled the blitz very well. Lamar Jackson played well in his uh, you know his first playoff game so far. Obviously, Baltimore got the first round by, so right. this is the first you know first we're seeing Lamar Jackson, and that's been you know that's been the knock on his career yeah. so far is that. He's had great stats in the regular season, you know, obviously won MVP, probably on his way to win another MVP. Uh, but the playoff wins, the playoff stats have not right. been there. Uh, this well, is, in that first half, Baltimore fans had to be thinking, right. here uh, we go yeah, again. Yeah, here we go again. Um, but, you know, turned it around in the second half, you know, played played much better in the, in the second half. Uh, you know, so we'll see, you know, obviously advance to the AFC championship game, you know, have a, have a tough matchup that we'll talk about here in a, in a minute. But, uh, you know, yeah. It's uh you know good thing for Baltimore moving in the right direction you know one step closer to that you know lucrative Super Bowl so uh, sticking with the AFC you know the team that will be taking on Baltimore in that AFC championship Kansas City Chiefs knocked yeah. off the Buffalo Bills by a score of twenty seven to twenty four uh, you know the, the 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 demons that are 
the Kansas City Chiefs continue to haunt the Buffalo Bills yeah. when it comes playoff time. Uh, still cannot get over the hump to beat to beat those pesky Chiefs. A close game, a game that, you know, to me seemed like Buffalo somewhat had in control or it felt like they they this was it, this was right. the time, and it. just, you know, squandered it somewhat at, at the end. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes played again, you know, somewhat lights out. The offense finally for Kansas City looked like the Kansas City that we're used to seeing as far as offense goes. Well, to a point. Yeah, I mean, to, still only put up 27. Right, right. Um, but, you know, obviously we'll see what they do against Baltimore's defense. Um, but, you know, definitely a, a better performance from the offense than what we've seen here in the last, you know, last several weeks. Um, Kansas City's defense still continued to be, you know, somewhat, somewhat dominant in this one. Um, you know, it, 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 it was a kind of a back and forth game, but right. you know, you felt like at times it was like, man, this is it. Buffalo finally has, you know, this is, this is going to be their time. Josh Allen, no turnovers, you know, played well, this, this is it. And, you know, just at the end, just couldn't, couldn't find a way to win the, win the ball right. game, obviously missed a, a crucial field goal as well at the end of the game that, you know, would have at least tied it. Um, oh man, they were, they were driving so well right. on that drive. It shouldn't have even no, had the no. field goal. They should have scored a touchdown oh, yeah. there and, yeah. and won. Right. But, but, you know, you can't fault Josh Allen. Right. He's the one who really takes a brunt of right. a lot of the, the criticism right. for that Buffalo team. Mm -hmm. He played one heck of a football game, yep. rushing and throwing the ball. Right. I mean, he did everything he could. Right. I can't blame him. Mm -hmm. You know, a typical Buffalo fashion wide right field goal yeah. that cost yeah. him a game. Right, right. You know, it kind of reminds you of like Florida State back <laughs> in the day when they yep. had all those wide lefts yep. to lose to Florida back in the day. It's right, just, right. You know, it just it doesn't it just doesn't come. The up demons your way. are still there, yeah. no matter how far ago in years past they might be. It's Definitely still a cursed football. Season, right, right, that is for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, yeah. Bills came into this game with all the hype. You know, hey, we finally get the Chiefs yeah. at home. Yeah. Uh, you know, in our in our backyard. First you know. time Patty Mahomes that right. on the road, right, other right. than neutral site. Right, right, and uh, you know, yeah, this is it. This is our moment. We got it. You know, they come to our house. It's it's time for us to you know show them who's boss. And you know, the Chiefs, you know, continue to show that they. Never count them out until right. the you know until the fat lady sings basically. Uh, but you know, yeah, I, I you know I thought I, you know last week I thought this was the time mm -hmm. Buffalo was finally going to get over the hump. But you know here they here we are. The Chiefs are now in their sixth straight AFC Championship right. game. Um, you know, continue their dominance. You know, in the AFC here. You know, as of as of recent. Um, but yeah, we'll see what Buffalo decides to do in the off season. Um, you know, because the window for that team is only getting smaller and smaller to make right. a run to a Super Bowl. You know, what 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 do they decide to do here in the in the offseason to make some adjustments that because at this point they're good enough to make it to the playoffs every right. year. It's how do we build a team to beat the Chiefs? That's right. basically what it comes down to. What what do we do in the offseason to and, you know to me the best move I think they could make this offseason yeah. and I know it's gonna sound crazy. Right. Trade digs because right. they don't have that chemistry okay. like like a, a great quarterback wide receiver combo. Okay. I mean you saw it late in the game right. that big hail mary big throw right. that right in Diggs' arms yeah. went right through his arms. Yeah, right. I mean I think they could get a lot in return for him. They could mm -hmm. get a solid receiver, mm -hmm. a playmaker even, yeah. and and get some draft capital things like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that would be the best move for them to make to have a potential another run. Yeah, to the Super, yeah, possible Super Bowl next year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Um, Diggs numbers, you know, kind of towards the later half of the latter half of the season, definitely were down from what we saw at the beginning of the season. And, you know, um, we, we saw some other guys in the wide receiver group really step up mm -hmm. in, in absence of, you know, uh, Diggs not getting his, you know, catches and his numbers and things like that. We saw some other receivers. Now, I don't think that, you know, you trade Diggs and Somebody, I don't think somebody on the current roster today no, is ready to step I, into I mean, that number one. Else. You got to go out and get somebody else. Yeah. Uh, but you know, yeah, definitely not not a crazy idea to think about. Um, you know, you know, definitely, yeah. Diggs is definitely still in his prime of his career. Mm -hmm. There's definitely some value there. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see what what Buffalo decides to do um, in in the off season. But gonna be watching, you know, watching Kansas City yeah. from home, watching the AFC Championship from home. Um, you know, hoping, you know, wishing that they would, they were there. I mean, they, they've been oh so close so many times, but just can't make it over, can't get over the hump. So, all right, well then, uh, moving over to the NFC, um, divisional round games, um, tight battle, 
um, for the San Francisco 49ers playing their first yeah. playoff game. You know, the number one seeded 49ers took on the, the seventh seeded Green Bay Packers and it almost looked like for a while seven seeded Packers were to continue their, you know, historical run here. But yeah, uh, definitely, definitely made me feel a little better as a Cowboy gosh, fan. That, yeah. You know, they, they had another great showing mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they're just they're, they're playing hot this time right. of year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, um, you know, Purdy didn't have a great game, but came up clutch when it mattered most, uh, you know, in that final drive that they, you know, let it down, you know, game somewhat, you know, was the game winning drive, um, you know, went six of seven on that drive, ultimately led to a, you know, a touchdown by Christian McCaffrey, right. you know, 49ers come out on top and I mean, hats off to Jordan Love played, you know, a pretty, a pretty good game, had two turnovers. I think that was the difference right. in this game was the, the, the two turnovers that the Packers had, but, I think another stat you can look at in this game, you know, the the Packers started the game off, went three straight times into the red zone. One of them was a turnover on down, didn't get any points out of that. The other two trips, they got two field goals. Overall, in the game, they were two for five in the red zone. I mean, you convert some of those points into – I mean, this is another dominant performance by this Green Bay team. Um, And and so, to me, that was the difference – 49ers defense didn't play great, but well went, you know, well enough, you know, somewhat the bend don't break mentality. Yep. Uh when it when it came, you know, came to get points, they they tightened up, didn't let the Packers get, you know, let them settle for field goals instead of mm-hmm. instead of touchdowns. Um, but yeah, if you're a 49ers fan, this probably wasn't the way you wanted to start the playoffs. Um, uh, but and they're gonna have their hands full, obviously, with the with the team that they have to play yep. next. So, but they're obviously back at home, you know, always great to play, to play at home. Um, but yeah, it, it, uh, seemed like there for a while. Yeah. The 49ers were, were in trouble. Um, just did not, yeah. Didn't play dominant. Like we had seen the last, you know, half of the season and, um, you know, let green Bay kind of hang around and, you know, uh, but you know, ultimately found a way to win. I mean, those, that's what the good teams do. They, they find ways to, Find ways to win in this one. They won. Moving on to the NFC Championship game, um, going to be playing those pesky Detroit Lions in in the NFC Championship game. We'll talk about that. You know, talk about that game here in a little bit. But you know, before we do, yeah, Detroit Lions continue their their historical run, their magical run here in the in the playoffs. Uh, beat another team that came into this one on a magical run in the yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, you know, a pretty you know, the score 31-23 was kind of a back-and-forth yeah. affair. It was quite a, you know, a heck of a game. Uh, both quarterbacks, you know, played played great. Obviously, the two turnovers from Baker Mayfield, kind of the difference mm-hmm. in this in this ball game. But, um, you know, hats off to the Lions. I mean, making their first trip to the NFC Championship in 32, longer than I've been alive, <laughs> right. uh, 32 years. Um you know, Matt, what what's your thoughts from that from that game? Yeah, like you said, it was, it was a great kind of back and forth game, and really surprised on how well Tampa Bay did to, mm-hmm. to stay in this thing. It yeah. just shows what kind of value Mike Evans has to oh, a yeah. football oh, yeah. team. Yeah, as one heck of a receiver out there, I right. think anybody throwing him the ball can can produce wins. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, also what a great what a great season really for Baker Mayfield. Oh, yeah. A, a revival, kind of just yeah, yeah thrown in the trash bin, yeah, and right. they, they picked him up. And, yeah. I mean, probably re-sign him oh, yeah. and yeah. continue on with him there yeah. the way he played this year. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, great, some good football. And really the, this whole round of playoffs was mm-hmm. a bunch of good was football much games. better than yeah. what we saw in the wild card absolutely. for sure. I mean, even like we said in that Baltimore-Houston one, it, the final score didn't show so right. great, but right. it was still a good good football mm-hmm. game. So, yeah. you know, heck, heck of a round, and I look forward to the next round to be yeah. even better. Oh, yeah, yeah. So – We'll uh, yeah get you started with that. So we'll start over in the back over in the AFC. Um, you know, like we mentioned, the Baltimore Ravens, the number one seed, uh, thirteen and four on the regular season, uh, going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, the three seed in the AFC, eleven and six coming into this one. Uh, Going to be a three p.m. Eastern time game over on CBS on Sunday. Um, you know, going to be interesting. Going to be battling the elements in this game. Uh, obviously. Kansas City going on the road again to 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 try to make a trip to the Super Bowl, um, you know, making the trip to Baltimore. Temperatures looking about mid 40s, but looking like 90 percent chance of rain, um, 10 to 15 mile an hour winds. Vegas likes the Ravens currently by three and a half points. Um, 
you know, this is, it, it, it's kind of a crazy stat. You know, the Ravens have been a somewhat dominant team in the AFC, but they're hosting an AFC title game for the first time since 1971. Um, so, it's uh, new territory, you know, uncharted territory for both these teams um, in the sense that Kansas City hasn't really gone on the road much here in the in the playoffs to, you know, win as many Super Bowls as they have here recently. Uh, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on this on this game? Who do you like? What's what's some things to look at here? Yeah, well, I'll give you a rocky quote here. I predict one thing, and that's going to be pain for both of these all teams. Right, right. These are the two top defenses in uh, the NFL. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's going to be a low-scoring affair. Yeah. These guys are going to be, you know, busting each other in the mouth. Yeah. And, it's going to be a heavyweight fight for sure. But, yeah. you know, like you said, it might be a little little rain in the air. And yeah. I, I think that's got to play in Baltimore's favor. Mm-hmm. They, have, they have the better ground game yep. Yep. of these two. I, I think that could, that could loom large and be yeah. huge here, especially yeah. with both as good as both these defenses are. I think if you yeah. can keep drives alive running it yeah. when you can't pass the ball, then yeah. that, that could just spell great success for mm-hmm. Baltimore and mm-hmm. propel them to the, what, second Super Bowl in their yep. hardball era. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. Well, something's got to give in this game. Both teams, um, you know, Baltimore was seven and two at home this this regular season. Kansas City was seven and two on the road this 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 season. So, you know, one of those two teams, you know, gonna gonna one up each other in the uh, you know in the win loss category. Um, you know, for me, are we gonna finally see Mark Andrews return from injury? You know, in this game, uh, you know, hasn't played since week eleven for the Baltimore Ravens. Obviously, a big target for Lamar Jackson, somebody that you know he likes to get the ball to. Um, you know, uh, yeah, that weather to me is is what's going to be the difference. So to me, first and second down mm-hmm. is really what it comes down to. The team that dominates on first and second right. down of of somewhat putting yourself in short third down situations, mm-hmm. that's going to be the team I think that that's going to pull off this game. I I like rate the Ravens to in a in a sloppy wet mess that we are potentially going to see the Ravens have more options at running back or you know more guys that can tote the rock um not to say that Kansas City doesn't have a decent running game I mean Isaiah Pacheco is is has been dominant for this for this you know Kansas City team I just think in a sloppy game like this the Ravens are able to establish the run a lot more I think it's going to be a slugfest um you know the magic number for Kansas City is 21 points Hmm. They're ten and zero this season when they scored at least twenty one points, but a Ravens defense that's only given up sixteen and a half points <laughs> per game, Man. it's gonna be it's gonna be tough yeah. to get there. Um, I, I like the Ravens to win this game. I think three and a half is probably about about right. Yeah. I, I like the Ravens to win it, move on to the Super Bowl. Um, it's it's gonna be, a, but I think it's gonna be a low a low scoring game just with the weather. The way that this game, you know, game plan is going to, you know, probably change for both of these teams because of the weather. I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. Kind of see a cat and mouse back and forth game between these two games, but ultimately that Ravens rushing offense, I think, is going to be the difference. Right. The difference in this game. Um, all right. Well, then uh, moving over to the NFC, then um, number one seed, we got you know the one seed taking on the three seed in the NFC as well. So we got the San Francisco 49ers, twelve and five. Uh, taking on the three-seeded Detroit Lions, who were also 12-5 and five in the regular season. Uh, this game, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time over on Fox, uh, also on, on Sunday. Well, you want to talk about a slugfest, sloppy mess that's going to be in Baltimore? Well, we got the total opposite in California. <laughs> 73 degrees, almost no chance of rain, no wind. It's going to be a perfect day for football in, right. in, in, uh, you know, in, in Santa Clara. Uh, Vegas currently has the 49ers favored by a touchdown, seven seven points here. Um, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on this game? Who do you who do you like? Yeah, you know, I, I think both of these teams they can put up po- some points and, yeah. and score with the best of them. Mm-hmm. So the difference in this game is going to be the defense. Mm-hmm. And San Francisco by far has the better defense right, here. Right. They're ranked third in the league, yeah. where I, I think Detroit's somewhere kind of middle in the league with their defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has been coming on as late. Aiden Hutchinson's been playing his oh, yeah. mind out lately, but. Yeah. You know, I, I think San Francisco's offense has so many weapons yeah. that they'll, they'll be able to exploit any weakness in that Detroit defense. Yeah. And I, I think just that's that's going to be the difference here. The, the the defense for San Fran's too good. Jared Goff, when he gets under pressure, yeah. doesn't Tends to force play stuff. as well. Yeah. He forces yeah. things, makes mistakes. Yeah. I, I think San Francisco wins this. I, I think they may win it actually fairly easily. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – 
going to be another good one. I, I I think you know 49ers six and two at home this year. The Lions are six and three on the road. Um, yeah, the Lions definitely can put up points. 49ers put up points. The difference, yeah, is 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 the defense is you know as far as how many points they give up per game. I, I think for me, it's going to be probably much like the the first game that we talked about. It's who can get their run game established. Mm. Um, you know, in the regular season. As dominant as this 49ers team was in, in a lot of the defensive categories, they did give up almost a little over four yards a carry to running backs in the regular season, which was kind of middle of the road right. in the NFL. Um, obviously, we know the Detroit Lions have those you know two dynamic backs in, in Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, um, that not only can hurt you in the run game, but they can you know come out of the backfield and are pretty elusive in in the passing game as well um, in those kind of short checkdowns. So. It will be interesting to see can you know can the Detroit Lions get that element of their game? You know, it, it was a big factor in that Tampa Bay game. Both right. of those running backs played a big you know a big role in in that win. Can they do the same thing against San Francisco and 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 you know kind of change it up and not have to throw it so much you know deep balls you know to their receivers because mm-hmm. if there's a team that's dominating in that fashion, it's San Francisco. Uh, you know, you're not throwing the ball all over the field on right. this San Francisco team, so. I think Detroit's going to have to get kind of creative and, and you know, really use those running backs both in the run game and in the pass game. Um, on the flip side, through the playoffs, Detroit's rushing defense has not been as well as what they were in the regular mm-hmm. season. Um, through the playoffs so far, they're giving up almost five yards a carry in the playoffs, which – And they haven't faced a Christian McCaffrey. Right, and they haven't even faced, you know, the dominant running back or, you know, offensive juggernaut that is Christian McCaffrey you look at the regular season you know if Detroit can get back to what they did in the regular season they were only giving up about three yards a carry in 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 the regular season which was third best in the NFL so again probably easier said than done but if you can limit Christian McCaffrey in the run game you take one element out of this 49er because this isn't a 49ers team that throws the ball a lot either. Right. Uh, they were dead last in pass attempts. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's why I've been saying it all year. McCaffrey right. is the MVP. Right. It's not Brock Purdy. Right. McCaffrey, right. the Niners goes, McCaffrey goes. Mm-hmm. If, I, I think you stack the box and, right. and you make somebody else beat you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you, you have, you're on to something there because the 49ers this season. 11 and one when McCaffrey rushes for 75 yards or more. So, which to me, most people probably say, well, the guy gets out of bed and has <laughs> right. 75 yards rushing. I mean, it, it just, uh, you know, death taxes and 75 yards <laughs> right. rushing for Christian McCaffrey, that that's almost a given. So again, easier said than done, but if Detroit can, you know, hone in on that running game and, and limit McCaffrey, they, they might have a chance in this right. one. Um, but you know, ultimately I just think Detroit won't have enough answers. Their defense will give up too many big plays. Mm-hmm. I, I think San Francisco wins this game. I think it'll be closer than seven points, yeah. but, but I, I think San Francisco will get a win. We see the two number one seeds move on to the Super Bowl. Um, San Francisco versus, you know, Baltimore, um, two dominant, you know, Probably the most two dominant teams that we've seen so far right. through the NFL season, um, you know. So it, it will be you know interesting to see. But yeah, I think these Lions can can hang around. Um, you know, that I've been looking at some of the analysts and you know talking. I mean, there have been analysts that think that they're going to pull off the upset. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they have a chance. It's right. a team that their head coach has all of the you know bravado, has all the confidence in the world. Their team encompasses what their head coach instills in them. All the you know all the things that he teaches. This team is is Dan Campbell's team. Right. This this is a hard nosed Detroit style you know hardworking you know whatever you want to call it. This is the Detroit Lions and and you know as much as I, I will say I'm rooting for the Lions to win, mm-hmm. but I I think the 49ers are going to win the game. Right. But you know if Detroit were to win. I wouldn't be disappointed. Yeah. I, I've been, you know, I don't have, I've never, I have, don't have a team in the game, you right. know, this whole playoff. So, you know, I, uh, you know, if I had to choose a team that I'm rooting for, it, yeah. it's definitely Detroit in this sense. But 
ultimately, I, I think San Francisco will win the game, but, you know, would like to see Detroit, you know, Man, continue. Goff, to, Goff will be laughing all the way to Vegas right, and right. make it to the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, and ultimately <laughs> able to move on to the Super Bowl and yeah. win it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just icing on the yeah. cake. I mean, it, it it's, yeah, would be an unbelievable up and down roller coaster mm-hmm. for him. You know, there, there would be so many storylines right. at that point. Um, but yeah, th- this Detroit team, man, they, they've been, you know, magical. This has been great for, for the city of Detroit, for the Lions franchise that uh, sport in general. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's good to see some right. of these teams that haven't, haven't, haven't had been this, in yeah. the picture or right. having great success. Right. Right. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. Two great games on the slate, both on Sunday, We'll see. We'll see who's you know playing for for Super Bowl. You know Super Bowl championship in Las Vegas this yeah. year. Um, so we'll obviously preview that in a, in a couple of weeks and um, you know give you all the insight for that. But uh, that's all we got for the show for the show this week. So thanks for listening to Fired Up with your hosts Colton Cow, Matt Gordas. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And you know if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or you know you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show. Feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. Uh, we do have an Instagram. If you search for at fired up underscore podcast, or you can search for us over on Facebook. If you search for fired up comma sports podcast. And as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can find all of our past episodes and, you know, just a little bit of information about the show. And as always, you can find our show on pretty much any podcast platform you can think of Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So all the big players, you can definitely find our, find our show on there. So appreciate y'all listening. And as always stay stay fired fired up. up.